kids are dismissed, I want them to come up here for a minute. I need all of them to come up here. So it doesn't work unless every of one of you come up here. We learned, I want, come on, come on, come on. I mean, what does the song say? The Christmas carol, kids from 1 to 92. So I, I mean, everybody should be coming up here. Come on, Colin, come on, come on, please. All right. So you see on the board there, the blessing of children. And a couple weeks ago, remember, we, Jesus brought a child in the midst and said, if you receive a child, like, if you receive this child, you'll receive me. Uh, the passage today, I'm going to read it with the kids up here. So kids, listen to this from our series of Mark. And why I want... Uh, I love children. Do you love children? Not just because I have three of my own, but I love children. I love to play with them. I love to have fun with them, laugh with them, cry with them, uh, wrestle with them, whatever. But I, I, have, I put this in the, this service because I think sometimes we may miss children um, in the service. And we may miss, um, sometimes we get frustrated too easily with them. But Look what Jesus says, and why I, I wanted to do this. I was reading Psalm uh, chapter 34 this week um, because I did have a hard time with my kids this week, but then I read this Psalm, and I was like, oh, i got to remember my children and the children in our church because the psalmist said he was writing, and in the middle of his Psalm chapter 34, it says, Come, my children, to me, and I will teach you how to fear the Lord. And we do that here at Ferris, right? We have Sunday school classes for kids. They're going to be dismissed to the class. They're learning about faith and the Christian life. Beatrice goes to the nursery and um, the teachers there love her and hopefully teach her about Christ in there. So we're not going to forget that. That's why we have kids in our church and we want to teach them how to fear the Lord. But the, Jesus in the passage today, it says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. And I want everybody, we're going to go to the next slide. We're going to bless the children with this blessing. I know it's a good blessing for all people. But as they go back to the class and nursery, I want us to all just bless the children that are up here and listening online with this blessing. So can we read this together? On three. One, two, three. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. To you kids up here, everybody look in my eyes. Everybody look here in my eyes. I hope that your class is a blessing. And when you go to school this week, whether you're homeschooled or not, I hope that you have a blessed week this week. I love you all and I think the church loves you too. So have a good time learning about Jesus in class, okay? Okay. 
Do you love kids? I do. Uh, yesterday, I was having fun in the pool with some kids yesterday. It was a lot of fun. My own kids and other kids in the church, Essex boys. Did we have fun in the pool yesterday? Pickleball? Yes, we did. Oh, come on. They're shy today. No, no, no. But I love to have fun with kids. I love to teach them about Jesus, too. I hope we are, and we see that even right now, that they're in class learning about the Christian life and more about the faith in Jesus. So let's pray today as we dive into the book of Mark again today. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for children and the reminder that we need to welcome them. And like the passage today says, nobody can enter the kingdom of God without a faith of a child or like a little child. So help us today to have open ears and minds and hearts to hear what you want us to hear today, to obey you where you want us to obey, to follow you wherever you take us. So thank you for the people that are here. Thank you for the people online. Thank you for loving us and being gracious to us. And thank you for Jesus, how we can remember Jesus week in, week out, that He died for our sins. He's the Savior of the world. So help us to remember that and to share that with whoever has ears to hear, which is everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them that's what one psalmist says david in the book of psalms wise solomon wrote this a wise son brings joy to his father but a foolish son brings grief to his mother now if you're honest with yourselves do you agree with solomon Sometimes children bring us joy, right? Yes? Sometimes they bring us grief, right? So, we're all honest, right? We agree with Solomon. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Children bring us both joy and grief, which is such a... Right there, that's... I can't even, you know... One minute, you're having fun with your kids or any child. You're like, man, this is so fun. You're bringing joy. And then the next minute, it's like, oh, what are you doing? So Solomon was, I, I think, right on. But this section in Mark that we just read with the children up here gives us an insight in how Jesus looks at a child and how he looks at children in his day. And then... I think we can glean something from it of what Jesus was trying to teach here to his disciples, to the people around him, and to us today. We can learn something because at the very end there, near the end, it says, one, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. It's an invitation to receive the kingdom of God. And that's why I have the title, The Blessing of Childlike Faith. So we're going to go over this passage and come to that conclusion of the blessing of childlike faith. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Chapter 10, verse 
13 through 16. And just so you know, remember last week I had the hardest time of my life getting ready to talk about divorce. Now I have, it was kind of an easier week for me talking about children and coming to this passage. So it was a blessing to me that I didn't have another hard week of preparing for a hard topic. But as we get to the end, it is a hard topic. See why? Because some people, it may be hard for them. But the blessing of childlike faith. Verse 13, if you're following along there. So Jesus is there. They are in the place. And people were coming and bringing little children to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them. So children were being brought to Jesus. Okay? Possibly mothers, fathers, grandpas, grandmas, aunts, uncles. Maybe even older siblings were bringing their younger siblings to Jesus. We don't know for sure, but they were bringing children they love to Jesus. They wanted Jesus to place His hands on the children. So people were bringing children to Jesus. That's such a wonderful thing. Now, there are those here today, and sometimes other weeks there's more, but there are people today in this service that have brought children to this service, right? Whether it's a parent, father, mother, bringing their children to church. Whether it's grandparents bringing their grandkids to church. We have those people in this church. Do you see children every week in this church? Yes or no? Yes or no? I can't hear you. Are you excited when kids are in church? I am. If I came here and there's no children, I'm going to be like, okay, my kids are out of town, I know that, if my kids aren't here. But if there's no kids in this service, I'm going to be shocked because every week we have at least one, okay? Or at least three if mine aren't out of town. So we have kids and I'm such, it's so, such a blessing to know that there are faithful followers of Jesus that don't want their children, grandchildren or own children or nieces and nephews to not miss out to learn about Jesus. And I praise God for that. Because Jesus should be preached and taught to any age, correct? We have, I mean, Beatrice is the youngest today, but there's younger people here. We have Atlas younger than Beatrice. There's young kids that need to learn about Jesus. And we need to be teaching them. And it's such a wonderful blessing that people are bringing them to church to hear about Jesus. But back to the text. You have that three-letter word again, but. Something good's happening. People are bringing kids to Jesus. And then there's a but. And who gets in the way? The disciples rebuked these people. They said, stop, okay? Don't bring the children to Jesus you're going to waste his time. He doesn't want to see them right now. That's what they're saying. They're saying, don't do it. Jesus is busy. He's either teaching, he's uh, healing people. He's busy. He doesn't want to see these children. You're going to waste his time. Why would he want to? Here's a question for you. Do people in church today 
hinder children from coming to Jesus? Just think about it. Do people in the church today prevent or hinder children from coming to Jesus? Think about that for a moment. Because I've seen it. I've seen people prevent children from coming to Jesus. They're too young to understand, so why are we going to teach them? They're too loud. Get them out of the service, right? They're misbehaving, so let's do something so we can have calm and quiet so we can learn. Do we see that? Sometimes? Or am I the only one? Now I feel like Jody in Sunday school. He's always like, am I the only one that's doing this in life? I feel like Jody. I feel like you right now. (laughs) Am I the only one or no? I'm not talking about just this church. Now we're talking about the universal church, followers of Jesus. Do you see that? You're too loud. Get out of the service. You're running. Oh, that's misbehaving. You can't do that here. Don't do it. You're preventing them. You're discouraging them from hearing about Jesus. They might get discouraged. Why are the children here, we might be asking. If it's in a negative sense, you're like, why are they here? I want to pay attention myself. Or if you're saying, why are they? Oh, they're learning about Jesus. Somebody's brought them to Jesus. That's our answer. That's what it should be. And Jesus, you'll see that. So the disciples were saying, don't do it. Jesus doesn't want to see them. But verse 14, Jesus saw this happening. I just want to see Jesus' face. When he saw this happening, he was indignant. Who uses that word? Anybody? I never used the word indignant until this week. I was like, what do I got to do? You should know the answer. I have to look it up because I have to know what it means. Okay? But before we get to that meaning, I want you to think, listen to this, because I thought these were very important. Before we get to Jesus, let them come. David Garland says this, Some today may consider children to be liabilities, but the church recognizes that Christ is revealed to us through the child in our midst. Michael Green said this, Children matter and have much to teach us. And Jesus sees this. With this in mind, Jesus sees the disciples saying, don't take your child to Jesus. He sees this, and then he, said he was indignant. That means be much displeased. I like the Greek word, agonaktio, agonaktio. Be much displeased. He was feeling or showing anger because of something unjust or unworthy. This is a righteous anger. Not some inappropriate anger. This is saying, hey, you are not allowing that child to come to me. That's unjust. That's unworthy. That's what Jesus is angry about. He's like, then he said, let the children come to me. Come on, bring them here. Don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He says, let them come because the kingdom of God belongs to a child just like these. That, that you're hindering from coming to me. It's so beautiful that Jesus wants the children to come. And if you see, if you go back in your Bibles to chapter 9, verse 39, we have the same word, the same concept here. In chapter 9, we learned 
that remember John said, hey, we saw somebody casting out a demon in your name, Jesus, and we tried to stop him. And then Jesus says, don't stop him. That's the same word here. Don't stop him from doing that miracle. And here, don't hinder the child from coming to me. Those are the same word. Jesus doesn't want people to hinder the work of the kingdom, of coming to the kingdom. So Jesus teaches His disciples and those who were close enough to hear Him and us today that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these children. Just like we saw this morning. These children that were up here this morning, the the kingdom of God belongs to such as those. Just like that. And then He goes on to say, look at verse 15. He says, Truly I tell you, that's another way of saying, I tell you the truth. This is true. So listen up, disciples, listen up here today, myself included. This is true. The Greek word is amen. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That is a strong warning, isn't it? Childlike faith we must have. Childlike faith, belief, receiving. The kingdom of God, you see it there, the kingdom of God speaks of its blessings and benefits, whether present or future. So there's benefits now, and there's benefits in the future. It's talking about both. And one has to receive this gift. Now let me tell you something, or ask you a question. When somebody presents you with a gift, what do you do? What do you do? You thank them. Some of you, like myself, if it's not a special occasion, I'm like, why are you giving this to me? Yes? Have you ever been there? Why are you giving this gift to me? It's no special day. Sometimes that's my first reaction. But it's a gift. Somebody is coming to you and giving you a gift. What should you do? Receive it. If they're so willing to give you a gift, receive that gift, right? Now, think about this. If we had, if I said, whatever is up here, nothing's up here, okay? So, if I said, Bev Stratton, do you want something right now from me? What would you say? And you didn't even know what it was. Would you be hesitant? See? Okay, so Bev's honest. Hesitant. Now if I ask like Blake or Colden, do you want a gift right now from me? You don't know what it is, but do you want something? They're not excited. (laughs) But if it was my kids, I think they would be running up here. Is it different sometimes? If you see, just think. If a child is receiving a gift, what do they do? They rip it open, and it doesn't matter what it is sometimes. They're like, I got something from grandma or grandpa or my parents. It's exciting. Now, an older person like myself, I don't just rip open gifts. Okay, I'm like, okay, what is it? Is it something I want? That's what I'm thinking, right? And then if you open it up and it's like something you don't really like, and you have to pretend. 
But the kids, they're already ripped it open, opened the box, starts playing with it like in 30 seconds. They're excited. On the other hand, myself, sometimes I'm not excited to receive a gift, open it up, and benefit from it. The now and later. So one has to receive a gift. This is a gift. One who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You have to receive the gift of the kingdom of God in order to receive the benefits and be partakers in that benefit. Okay, if you never receive it, you're not going to benefit from it. Okay, does that make sense? You will not receive the benefits if you don't accept the gift. You're not going to participate in the benefits. Walter Wessel says this in his commentary, The kingdom is both a gift to be received and a realm to enter. You receive a gift and then you start to live in that realm. That's so cool to me. I always think of... uh, I used to like amusement parks. I don't, I don't like amusement parks anymore. I used to like them. You know when your, your parents as a kid tell you, or your, your grandkids if you're in here, if your grandparents are like, we're going to go somewhere. We have the tickets already. They're right here. And you have the ticket in your, mind, your hand. And then you get to the place. What happens when you walk through that gate? You entered what? That realm, right? You've entered that place. Now you're just there. The outside world, you can forget about the outside world for that 10 hours or so that you're at that amusement park because you're inside that, that place. You've got the tickets, you've entered the gate, and now you're just free to enjoy for 10 whatever hours. Walter Wessel, I think, is like that. He says, if you receive this gift of the kingdom of God, you enter a new realm You enter life with Jesus. You enter life following Jesus and um, working toward the prize. And it's a wonderful realm to live in. It's hard, but it's wonderful. But you have to receive it first in order to have the benefits. So childlike faith we must have. If you want to write that point down and something you take with you, that's all you need to remember. If you don't remember anything else, childlike faith we must have. And childlike in the Merriam-Webster means resembling, suggesting, suggesting, or appropriate to a child or childhood, especially marked by innocence, trust, and ingenuousness, which means most often used to describe someone who has a childlike innocence and openness. Alan Black, in his commentary, said, To receive the kingdom of God, the disciples needed to give up their pride and recognize their humble position before God and others. Sometimes we don't want to receive it. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's a small gift. But this gift, Jesus is trying to teach you have to receive it like a little child. You have to get excited like a little child. Don't say, well, let me, let me, what's this gift all about? Let me do the pros, cons. 
Just receive it like a little child. Be excited about a gift and then enter that realm. And you got to get your pride out of the way. And the disciples, remember, they've been traveling with Jesus for a little while, right? This is their rabbi, their teacher. And they see healing after healing, teachings after teachings, even private teachings. Remember in the home, they're asking Jesus, well, what did you mean by that out there? They're getting even in-depth teaching, but sometimes what happens? They still don't understand what's it all about. They're like, Jesus, what do you mean by that? And then Jesus explains it, and they're like, James, what did he mean by that? Simon, did you get that one? They're asking each other maybe, do you know what Jesus just said? Because I have no idea. That's what they're they don't understand sometimes. And this is one of those moments. Remember, they're stopping children from coming to Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, let them come here because the kingdom of God is for such as those children. You have to receive it like one of those ch- children that you're hindering from coming to me. Um, if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, we're going to read three, sec- three passages that help me out and I hope helps you out understand this concept. Proverbs, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Three passages that help us to understand a childlike faith. Don't let pride get in the way. So Proverbs 16, 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride brings what? Destruction. And remember the disciples are like, you're going to waste Jesus' time bringing those children. They're prideful. They, 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 they're not humble enough to say, hey, children, go to Jesus. Go to James chapter 4. So pride comes before destruction. We need to get pride out of the way. And James expands on pride here. And if you remember our James series, you may or may not, but this was one of the passages we talked about. James chapter 4, verse 6 through 10. James writes this, but he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. God gives more grace to the humble. If you're prideful, you're saying, I don't need you, Jesus, right? If we're prideful and we can do things on our own, we're like, I don't need help from you, Jesus. I could do it on my own. But if we submit ourselves, if we're humble enough to come near to God and before God, He's going to lift you up. He's going to lift you up. Pride cannot get in the way of coming to Jesus. And 1 Peter, the last one here, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. 
Remember, Peter is right there with Jesus at this moment in our gospel according to Mark. He's there. He's probably hindering some of the children coming. And he writes this in his letter. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. So if we're humble, what is going to happen? God's going to lift us up. God's going to be there for us. God's going to teach us. God's going to walk with us. But if we're prideful, what's going to happen? According to Proverbs. Destruction. Chaos. You may not know what's going to come. You're going to be uncertain all the time if you're just prideful. But Jesus calls us to be humble. A childlike faith. You cannot let pride get in the way of humbly coming before God like a child. Don't let it get in the way. And receive the gift freely. Listen to this. The gift is not for those who believe they have it all together. It is for the powerless, the broken, and the open to receive God's gift. Remember, childlike is one that has an openness of receiving instructions or anything. Just an open attitude. Saying, God, I can't do it on my own. I'm broken and I want to receive this gift. You don't have to have it all together. I've heard people say, well, as long... I need to get my life right first, then I'll come to Jesus. And you just, I just want to say, no, you're going to not get right until you get Jesus. So we can't have that pride of saying, i got to get everything together, then I can come to Jesus. We have to let people know that. We're all broken. We're powerless. We need Jesus to heal us, to help us. And then verse 16, one of the most beautiful pictures in my mind of Jesus. And Jesus took the children in His arms, placed His hands on them, and blessed them. There's three actions here that show Jesus cares about the children. Those who are innocent and open. Jesus took the children in His arms. He embraced them. That's the Greek word. He's embracing them. Do you ever embrace a child? They're comforted, right? A child feels comfort when they're embraced. You probably feel comfortable. I feel comfortable when I'm embraced by someone. If you're having a bad day and somebody gives you a hug, you're like, I needed that. The child is embraced by Jesus. He takes these children and embraces them. That's his first action. Then his second action he does, he took the children and he placed his hands on them. Again, this to me, like embracing the child, tells of his compassion and closeness to these children. He's not some far off Savior. He's not someone that's off in the distance and is like, I'm by myself, don't come to me. I can work from over here. I don't want you to come near me. No, He's a near Savior. He's somebody that wants you to come to Him and receive Him. 
He places His hands on them. And then He blessed them. Jesus spoke well of them. This Greek word is eulogio, which you've learned if you were with us. It's, he gave a eulogy to these children. He blessed them. He praised them. He spoke well of them. He gave a eulogy. Those three actions just speak of a Savior that is close, that wants people to be close to Him, that, want, that wants people to come like a child and to receive the kingdom of God like a child. To be partakers of its benefits, both now and the future. Do you need to be perfect to receive it? Yes or no? Do you need to be perfect to receive the kingdom of God? No. Do we have to have everything in order to receive it? Everything in the the proper order, do we need to? No. Do we have to know and understand everything completely to receive it? Absolutely not. Because I received it and I had no idea what things meant. I just said, I want Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything in the right order. And you don't have to understand everything completely to receive the kingdom of God. Two six-year-old girls ask about being baptized. Same age. Two six-year-old girls ask about being baptized. And the response to the question of why they wanted to be baptized. So each of these girls were asked, why do you want to be baptized? There were two different answers. Remember, same age. Six-year-old girls. One said this. I want to be able to eat the bread and drink the juice. Okay. The other said this. Why do you want to be baptized? She said, I want life. Do you see the two different responses? I want to drink juice and bread, eat the bread. And the other six-year-old girl says, I want life. This to me sums up what childlike faith is. I want life. That's it. You're like, Jesus is going to give me life. I repent of my sins, Jesus. Only you can save. And then you're baptized into Christ. You're raised to a new life. And you have life. New life in Jesus. I want life. Such a childlike faith. Do we have it? Do we receive it like a child? Today there's space for a few different things. You can pray to our compassionate God and Savior. You can join Ferris family. You're like, I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't have a church home, but I want to be be here at Ferris. I want to join the family here. Or you can repent. Believe Jesus. Be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want life. Do you want life? Do you want life? Do you want life for those who need Jesus? Then I'm calling out to anybody that needs Jesus to say that those simple words. I just want life. So pray with me as we have our invitation song.
If you need to make a decision, whether it's just come for prayer, if you're a follower of Jesus and, a, and I need a church home, I want to be here at Ferris, you could do that. Or you can come and say, Jesus, give me life. So you have an opportunity to do that. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the gospel according to Mark and how we can learn from this passage from children. A childlike faith. That's what we need to have to enter the kingdom of God, to receive the kingdom of God and to enter it and live in it. So I pray that we'd all have that renewal of faith, that we would leave these doors ready to serve you and go wherever you want us to go, to proclaim Jesus to those around us that need to hear about Jesus. Thank you for the many children in this church, and I pray that we will not hinder them from coming to Jesus. And I pray that, yeah, we will just continually call out to you and say, Jesus, give us life. Teach us how to live. Teach us where you want us to go. Help us all to trust in you and have confidence knowing that you are there with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand with us. <clears throat>